welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. Back to God, would you declare out loud, today my heart is open. My ears are alert to grow and change and never be the same. Amen. Amen. Why don't you take your seats? I've had a great week this week as God's been downloading uh, today's message or clarifying some points of the message. It always excites me. I, I, uh, I get this excitement that I'm not just speaking words, that God's like in this when he's, when he's downloading. So it gives me a massive confidence boost that today we're just going to get into the Word of God. So I want to read from John 1, verses 6 to 18. Okay, it says this. It says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. So this John is John the baptizer, okay? Verse 7, He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. If you haven't caught on, the light is Jesus Christ, okay? Verse 9, the true light, Jesus, that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. That's not us here in the room here today. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Isn't that amazing? Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Is there any children of God here this morning? Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son. The Word was Jesus Christ, who, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 15, John testified concerning Him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. That's a trip up of words. In other words, Jesus always existed in heaven and before he came to earth, before I could even testify of him and before he would even come after me, he was already here. In other words, he thought of you before you were even born. He predestined you before you were even born. You're not here today by a mistake. In fact, if you're here in this room or listening to these words, you have to believe that God ordained that to happen for you. And so there is something for you to receive from this message today. Verse 16, out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. 
No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Isn't there a lot of just great truths and and things that you can just research and pull out of that uh, passage of Scripture? You know, when I was uh, preparing this Scripture today, I was actually a little desperate and um, I said to God, God, what do you want to speak? Like, I'll, I had all these ideas and, and wonderful things. Like, I, I'm sure you would have loved all of my ideas. Like, that were just fantastic. But I just said to God, as I always do, God, I want this message to be your message for the people. Like, I want you to change our lives. I really don't care what I've got to deliver and how I deliver it or anything like that. It just needs to be you. Anyway, I pulled out my phone like I do every morning. And um, I, was, I was about to read my daily passage. Who reads a daily passage? It's a good habit to have. And um, so I was about to do that and open up my Version Bible app, which you've seen on the screen this morning. And um, I was about to open it, and I just had this urge to open that other app that I don't open much. It's a Bible app as well. And so I opened that one and then started to read some of this passage of Scripture here this morning. And I was confused, man. I'm just like, you know, what's, what's this got to do with the new theme for the one? Like, God, you unify all this together. And, um, and so today I want to focus on the verse that God gave me out of that passage. And it's verse 7, and it says, He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. John the baptizer came as a witness to testify. And straight away, I reread it and I said, Graham has come as a witness to testify. I wonder what, what your name is. Like, you know, Joan, Joan, you're here as a witness to testify. Ilya, you're here as a Paul, you're here. As a witness, well, I put your name there as a witness to testify. That is the purpose of your life. Right there. It's the purpose of Jesus coming and the gospel being given to us. Go out into all the world and declare God, testify what He has done in your life. This here changes the whole way I go about telling people about Jesus. Rather than slamming the Bible, why don't you example the Bible? Tell people what the living Jesus has done in your life. They don't care about your theology. They don't care what the Word of God has to say and how old it is and where it came from and the caves and and all this sort of stuff. No one cares about that. They want to see the transformational power of God and what he's done for you. And if you can prove what he's done for you, they're interested in that. And they want to know the God that will transform their life. They want to know how to have the most suckful week and then somehow rise above that because of love that is unconditional and super powerful. They want to go home to a, a family that's breaking up and people that hate each other but happen to live under the one house because they can't afford five houses. And, and they want to know how to go into that situation as a conquerer, victorious, how to, how to see healing come, how to 
love their wives or their husbands and, and how to help them love them back. Like, like God is a transformational God. And it doesn't matter what he says in your Bible, God wants to be testified about into all the world. And in fact, the power of the word of God, the power of God will be upon yours and my life as we begin to testify. But I'm jumping ahead, so I'm just going to come back to my notes for a second. So get excited. So then God started to drop these other scriptures. I just got like, like scriptures is coming to my mind and one of them was Galatians 5.25, and it says, Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. When I had that revelation, I gave up the band. I was in a band called Cavendish. We were amazing. The best. You should have seen us. Like, man, I had the moves, the clothes. I used to wear flares. I know, I tried to bring them back, no one followed, but I gave it a go. We were, we were good, we, we played on Channel 10 TV at once, uh, we did some pretty big concerts, and, but I read this scripture, and I said, well, I'm yours, Christ, and he said, well, then, you know, crucify the flesh with its passions and desires, Graham. And I went, serious, I've got to give up, like, everything? And he, yeah, yeah, there's another scripture that says, pick up your cross and follow me. You know, like, what are you talking about? Well, what he's saying is, would you sacrifice your life to get life? And see, what I, what I didn't realize is if I continued to follow the band, I probably wouldn't be up here speaking in front of you today. And see, God has something for my world. God has something for your life that you can't even see yet. But as you begin to crucify your flesh with your passions and your desires, can you believe that God would want you to give up that? Well, you can because Jesus had to give up his life to the point of crucifixion, pain, anguish, gave up the throne in heaven for a while, and now he's back up there, but the whole picture in heaven is completely different because of his sacrifice. But he said, he said before he went on the cross, he said, I will endure this cross for the joy set before me. And the joy was you and I. That's good news, isn't it? I wonder if you would sacrifice your, pa your passions right now for the joy set before you. And here's the, here's the cool thing about that, just to make it a bit more difficult. You've got no idea what that joy yet is, but it's going to be joy. It's going to be joyful. It's going to be way beyond what you even have now. And so as we obey God and obey these scriptures and crucify our lives with our passions and our desires, God goes, that's a soul I can work through right there. That's someone I can bless. Man, now that he knows he's done that, he's going to know what it is I really had in store for him or her. So I'm not living for me. I'm living, I'm loving life. But my mission is to testify because I've been created to testify. Mark 16, 15 to 16 says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. See, God's never condemned anyone. He's put all authority into your hands over your life. He's given you free will, free decision, 
And he said, if we would go out and witness and testify, people would hear the gospel, the truth of Jesus Christ, and then it's your decision to follow him or not. If you follow him, you'll get life. If you don't, you'll be condemned to eternalness. I don't know what the word is there. Eternalness without God and without love and without hope and without joy. But that's your call. See, he doesn't make anyone do that. The only credential I need to testify about Jesus is to be forever changed by Jesus myself. I believe this. If you've been a Christian for three minutes, you're three minutes ahead of the next person. Start to testify. That's all you need. If your life's been transformed at all by the love and the power and the forgiveness of Jesus, you've been called to testify. Can we do that? I told you today is about receiving but giving as well. There's an action to it. Once I know the love of Jesus, I'm reborn to testify. I'm not called to convince. I'm not called to convict. And I'm not called to condemn. If they believe on their own, they will be saved. My job is to testify. That's so powerful right there. Who are you trying to convince? Who are you trying to convict? The Holy Spirit does the conviction, not you and I. We've got nothing to add to the gospel, to the word of God. I, I, always, find, I always find this weird, just about um, helping people, loving people. I always find how people seem to know how to live and what the answer is for their life, but they've never lived before. Have you ever thought of that? So you get a 14 or a 15-year-old, but they already know the answers, right? But they've never lived before. Like, even in my life, I'm 42 young. And, um, but to live beyond 42, I need help. Like, I need guidance. I need someone older in my world because I've never done this before. And so there's nothing for you and I to add to the gospel, Okay, I promise you, you've never been the Messiah before. Maybe of your own world, but you've never saved all humanity. You've never created billions and billions of people before. You've never put the mind together and the emotions. This is why Jesus heals. Like, I love doctors. I think it's a gift from God. I fully believe and say to people, have you been to the doctor? because it's an anointing on their lives. But Jesus is the healer, because the doctor's never made a brain before, or a heart, you know what I mean? Like, they've never made blood before with life in it. You know, the Holy Spirit breathes life, we don't. So at the end of the day, we must, the full stop has to be after the name of Jesus in our lives. And we've been singing about it today. I tell you what, wasn't the worship amazing today? I feel like we're having a bit of a, just a moment here. This is great. Very relaxing. Therapeutic. Anyway, so I'm called to testify, not called to convince. My calling is to testify. Church, your calling is to testify. Matthew, this is another scripture God gave me, Matthew 9, 37. It said, then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. There's a problem. And the church is called to answer this problem. Did anyone see the problem just then? There's no, there's no la uh, laborers. 
There's a massive market out there. It's a market looking and searching for Jesus, but there's no one telling them about this. The verse 38, therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now he was talking to the disciples and the disciples pray generations ahead for you and I to go out and labor. So you've been called, the commission has gone out. I found myself often doing this. When I witness to one-on-one, and and I'm just sharing this um, true story just to help some people here today, but I have often found myself finding one or two people in my life and spending years upon years upon years trying to convince them, trying to convict them, you know, trying to to make them understand that God loves them, but they really just aren't interested. And years and years, and I feel like it's a, it's a noble, worthy purpose of mine. Is there anyone else that does this? There's someone you've been believing for for years and years, but they really just aren't interested, and deep down you know that, right? The Bible doesn't call us to those people. See, he said the harvest is ready, What that means is it's ripe for the picking. Who goes and picks a banana that's purely green and goes, oh, that's going to be delicious. This is going to be awesome. (laughs) Okay, we got one. There's always one. I don't even get a mandarin if it's a seed mandarin. Like, I want seedless. Like, I actually want to eat this thing and not spit something out. Like, you know, we, we don't want rotten mangoes, do we? Who eats the rotten mangoes? I know if you go to Boost Juice, they probably give you the rotten ones in the blender, but no one, no one goes and looks for the rotten mango. We want the ripe mango. Is that true? That's going to make you feel fresh, and, and it's Christmas time, and mango's not even Christmas, is it? It is. Yeah, Christmas. Mangoes. But this is how I've lived for many years, trying to pick off the tree, that's ripe, the rotten fruit or the premature fruit. But the Bible says that the harvest is ready for the picking. Are there any laborers that would go out and pick the mangoes off the tree, the bananas, the fruit of this world, the ones that are called, the ones that are ready, the ones that have had people for generations or, or family members praying for years and years and now they're ready, would you go out and pick that fruit. And when I got this revelation, I changed my whole Graham ministry. And I now pray this prayer. I say, God, would you give me eyes to see? Because the Bible says, let him who has eyes see. Would you let me have ears to hear? Because the Bible says, let him who have ears hear. Now, we all have eyes and we all have ears, but we're missing it and we're not hearing it. We're not seeing it and we're not hearing it because we've got our own theology agenda. When the Bible is calling you and I to testify of the gospel to everyone and those who are right will come in at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Not at the name of Graham or at your name or at your theology, but the Bible's theology in the name of Jesus. Does that make sense? And so when we get this revelation, we can have a purpose that will yield back fruit. But many of us are so disappointed in the whole Christian journey 
because we are testifying, we are witnessing, we are telling the same three people and God is not answering the prayer. And so we blame God and say, well, if you're a God of love, how come they have to go through all this? And he's trying to say through you, to you through the two verses I've just read today, first of all, Graham, I've given them the choice to receive me. And they haven't, so they're condemned until they do. But they chose to reject me, so now they're on a journey. So why don't you pray for them, because you don't have any words of power in your tongue. So why don't you pray for them, because the Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, which means you and I have nothing to offer that would transform their lives, but he has everything to offer. And the only way we break through this condemnation over their lives is by praying and praying and praying. So save your testimony, get into the prayer closet, or come here at 6 p.m. tonight, and let's lift them up to the name of Jesus and see breakthrough. Use your testimony for when the Holy Spirit says that person, or you hear in a conversation and that one word comes up and you go, well, that's a word crying out. They're crying out for an answer. And you can hear. But once you wouldn't have heard that if you didn't pray that prayer. You would have just continued because you had an agenda. So you probably would have continued just talking and missed everything that they said. But when you ask for God, when you crucify your flesh with your passions and your desires, it's no longer my passion for them. It's no longer my desire for them. And you go, God, what is yours? I can see the harvest. And now I can hear that this person just said that word. That person's crying out. This, there's violence in that family. And they're just asking that because they're at their ends. Where's the answer? And you go, okay, I've got the answer. Let me testify what God's done in my life. I was once broken, but he has come in and made me whole. I have issues in my world. I'm not perfect, but Jesus forgives me anyway, and he restores me. And more than that, when I go to sleep at night, I'm not filled with terror in my brain and my mind and, and circulating how hopeless I am. I'm full of hope, and I go, God, I'm broken in this area. Would you send your spirit to strengthen me and to build me up so tomorrow morning I can live life as a conqueror again? Who's got that testimony in this place? All of us do, right? Let's share it. Let's share it. Acts 1.8. Here's another verse I felt God gave me. But you shall receive... Oh, man. This is good. I could preach a lot of messages on this one. I might touch on a few. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit... Did anyone feel the Holy Spirit in their worship today? So if you're wondering what I'm talking about there, just the presence of God. You just felt joy come. You felt love. You felt acceptance during the worship. That's the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the world. If you're wondering where God's power is, 
you're not witnessing. You're not testifying. Oh, but this revival and that revival, power of God. Revivals don't happen like you think they happen. They happen from people that are crying out for transformation. And those people that cry out for transformation can't contain it. So they begin to testify and revival comes. We think revival comes before we do something, but I've never seen that in history. I've always seen hearts crying out for truth, for salvation, for God to move to an uncontainable measure, and then revival comes. Have you ever wondered why we're still 2,000 years later? <laughs> 2022, 23, depends how you want to look at that. It's because the whole earth is not crying out. There's another scripture, I don't know if I've got it in my notes today. But it's talking about the patience and the grace of God. Now, we don't understand this. I, I, reckon, I reckon God should have come back. I reckon, I reckon uh, I'm going to say Adam, okay, because I, I, I want to try and get theology okay for the women in the house. I reckon when Adam ate that apple, Jesus should have come back. Right there and then. Should have just put a stop to it. Does anyone agree? Are you with me? Imagine that. That would, be, that would have been just awesome. The problem is, is there was only two people. <laughs> when God made the heavens and the earth, he made the heavens with angels, multitudes. If you've read your Bible, there's multitudes. He doesn't just want to live his eternity with Adam and Eve. It's okay, but imagine dinner. <laughs> All right, let's do highs and lows. I had a good day. The garden was great. Oh, I really stuffed up. I ate the apple. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Jesus is coming for you tomorrow. <laughs> you know, like boring life, right? I read this verse this week, and I don't understand it because I just would have come back, bam, over with. But the grace of God is so sufficient that he is prepared for generation after generation, for thousands and thousands of years go by. Because somehow, in the grace, the mercy, and the love of God, we're going to see more people in heaven than what we could think about. Don't ever think for a moment hell's more populated and the barbecue's more burning in hell and it's greater than the party going on over there in heaven. Never think for a moment that, that God's not doing anything and it's all about you to get the gospel and the word out there. Don't think for a moment that the Holy Spirit's on Smoko at the moment for a couple of thousand of years and, and he just wrote a few nice scriptures in there and goes, well, if you do this, A, B and C and D, I'll come and I'll just give you some power for that day. And that he shows up some Sundays, uh, I don't know if I'm just dribbling right now, but... He shows up some Sundays and we just have a great service where the guitar's screaming, the sound's amazing, the lights are just perfected, the trees are going on and we just go, as human beings, we just go, this is perfect atmosphere and we feel good and we feel, we go home and we go, that was an awesome service, God was there today and the power of God was amazing. I don't think God's operating like that, all right? 
I'm pretty sure I am empowered by God right now. I was having this conversation with my son in the car this morning. I gave him a Bible lesson on the way to church. And um, we just got talking about something. I don't know, it was lights, I think, programming lights. And, and, um, and we just got on somehow to the subject of God, Holy Spirit. And, um, and I said, you know what the problem is, Tobin? Is we are so familiar with the power and the wonder of God, we don't even know where he is anymore. And he was just like, what do you mean, Dad? And I said, well, the Holy Spirit in the Hebrew, in the original text, meant breath, air, water. I said, do you realize, Tom, we're just sitting in the car park. I said, you can't even breathe without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't even shower in that water without the Holy Spirit. Because as much as it's a figurative word, it's a literal word. And so you and I, see, in the Garden of Eden, there were two bodies. Well, there was a body and then there was another. There's two bodies, right? Laying on the ground, but one at a time. And the Spirit of God breathed life into them. So before that, they were just a God project that he perfected. And the only way he could get it to its maximum was to send his Spirit, and his Spirit breathed life. Don't think you're born here today because of mum and dad. Mum and dad was the vessel that God used to get you to planet earth. And you are alive, living right now because of the power and the wonder. Has anyone, does anyone like art in this place? There's a few people. Anyone into art programs like Photoshop and all that sort of stuff? Yep, there's a few around. That's great. All the young people know what I'm talking about. The old people just like, hold on. Like, there's... There's this really simple tool. It's actually been around since the first IBM computer, which we had one of those. So it's been around for a while, so everyone should understand. And when you get the color wheel, you can make it transparent. So you can get a color. Um, pink's my favorite color, so I'll just let that out today. <laughs> and um, so you can get your favorite color, pink, okay? And then you can make it transparent, and you start to see the background, right? We thought when we made this as hum humanity, we thought, man, colors that can be transparent. This is going to revolutionize art for the whole world, technology. And then God's, God's like, are you dumb or something? Like, I put the rainbow in the sky a long time ago. I was looking at, did anyone see the rainbow last week? Wasn't it amazing? It was a full rainbow. It was right over my house, Okay. As I was going home, it was a full rainbow all the way down both sides, thick and juicy. And I was looking at the colors and I was going, these colors are so pure and beautiful, but I can see the plane behind them and the trees coming through them and my magical house glowing underneath it. Like, like, the power and the wonder of our almighty God is all around us, church, all the time. Does anyone have something to testify? The Bible says, he who has eyes, let him see. Would you see creation that a tree can suck in air and whatever and give you and I oxygen to breathe? 
Like it's a miracle of God every moment of every day. We were talking in the car the other day about bitumen and roads and Tobin said, isn't it amazing that we actually get to drive on roads? I don't know why he said that, maybe studying something in school. And I said, Tobin, someone thought that was so clever when they put bitumen together. I said, but the earth gives us everything. Isn't God clever? He gave us everything for technology that we, we aren't smart at all. We're just tapping into what God's already given us. We have nothing without God, but with God, you can testify that every friend and family member will have everything they need to get through their struggles and the things that is going on in their world with Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I don't even, did I give the title of today's message? Okay. You can throw that up if it hasn't been up. I like the word everyone. Everyone. It means all. That starts with one. And this month's theme is for the one. You know, as you and I testify to the ones, we will see all of this earth saved for Jesus Christ. And I reckon he might come back then, so get to it. <laughs> Second Peter 3.9 says, the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repent. We don't understand the ways of God. And sometimes, I'm just being honest, I look around the world and I, I drive these streets. I'm saying, God, there's so much suffering. Like, come on, you know, do something. But I can't understand a heart like God's heart where he says, it's not my will, Graham, that people perish, that any would perish but that all would come to repentance. See, it's our decision. It's everyone's decision to know. But we've got to testify Jesus who is the answer and give them that decision. And you might go, well, I've spoken to them once before, but if the opportunity opens, testify again. Let's not stop knocking. The one that knocks on the door, that door will open for them. You know, my dad's got a saying, the squeaky wheel will get the oil. And it's so true. You know, because if you're not knocking, there are other religions knocking. The world is knocking. The devil is knocking on their doors with Halloween and this sort of rubbish. Can I just say it really straight? I've been thinking about these words, and I know that you might leave the church, but that's okay. I'm going to say it anyway. I don't want anyone in this church ever exercising Halloween ever again. I love you, I care for you, and I will talk with you, and we can have a coffee about it, okay? I don't want anyone to ever leave, but Halloween is from the pit of hell. It's deceiving a generation. I mean, have eyes and see what's actually happening. Any parent in this place, the greatest um, uh, thing that you would hate to have is a child that wakes up with nightmares, but then we put skeletons with knives and bloods on our houses and celebrate it. It's called oxymoron. And we do not do it in City Point North. Amen? I hope you receive that with love. So here's some, some info in my six minutes. Man, I've got a lot to get. Is this okay? Is this helping anyone? Have you ever wondered... 
why John the Baptist was baptizing. <laughs> well, he only got the name because he was baptizing. <laughs> he was baptizing before Jesus was even known and before Jesus died and rose from the dead. Yet here's John the Baptist testifying of Jesus. Jesus who? See, he didn't really need to. Now, I know theologically he was preparing the way. And this is my point. So lean in just for a moment longer. When you understand the day and history and what's gone on before this moment of Jesus coming, someone needed to bridge away. You had religious rulers that were just crazy over here. And then you had Gentiles who weren't accepted at all over here for whatever reason, just cultural stuff. And then here's Jesus coming saying, hey, let's bring these two worlds together. I'm the master of everyone. And I will rule through love, through grace, through mercy that you've never understand because you're all about rules and regulations and doing the right thing. So someone had to come and it was John the Baptist who could connect with this side and who could connect with this side in order for Jesus to come and bring it together. See, John the Baptist prepared the way for the Messiah, Jesus. But without John the Baptist, Jesus was just Jesus. He even had this problem in his hometown to do miracles because they knew him so familiar. Like, this is why you never get too familiar with your pastors or your leaders. Now, I'm not saying you don't have relationship and you don't go out for coffee, but don't get too familiar. There's a call of God on their lives. And the Bible teaches us that the anointing of God runs down from the head over our lives. So with Pastor Mark Ramsey, who's the uh, global senior pastor of City Point all around the world, he's an amazing guy. I love him. He's so powerful, prophetic, like what a God sent to this world right now. So I, I love Pastor Mark. I lean into him. We have coffees. We have chats. But I've always got to say, I'm not Pastor Mark. I don't carry the gift that God has on his life. God has placed something on his life to go down to all of us pastors and an anointing that we have the honor to sit under. What an amazing call. You've got a call of God on your life like this. Every father and mother in this house, you've got a call of God and anointing on your life to lead your families. It's powerful. And so Jesus had this anointing on his life. But us without eyes to see and without ears to hear would have just seen a man and not the Messiah. And so John the Baptist came as a platform and God just said, go baptize people. Now, when I come, I'll rebaptize. okay? I'll send them a spirit and they'll see that on the day I get baptized. But I'll, I'll sort of fill in all the blanks and the dots. But why don't you go baptize before me and say someone, the Messiah, that I can't even tie his shoes or clean his feet, someone is coming. And when I see him, oh, man, there's, there's good study behind this, okay? And so Jesus comes along, his cousin. Now, John the Baptist knew that Jesus was his cousin. I mean, who doesn't know that their cousin's their cousin, right? And so the, his cousins walk in past. And in that moment, his eyes were open. He goes, hang on, that's not my cousin. It's actually the Messiah. 
And so he points and says to everyone, that's him. That's the one I've been telling you about. He's the Messiah. And in that one moment, he no longer saw Jesus, his cousin. He saw the Messiah of all the world, the one that was in heaven when the world was created. I just read that this morning. So John had this platform to testify of Jesus Christ. Here's my question. What's yours? Just think about that for a sec. What's your platform? This is mine in this moment for, for an hour, not an hour. I'm not going to preach for an hour. <laughs> for a while. What's your platform? See, we've all been called to testify and we all have a platform. I wonder if you can see your platform. God, would you just open my eyes, the eyes of my heart, would you show me my platform to testify? Is it your work? Is it a relationship? Is it just simply you've been gifted with an amazing gift to be anywhere at any time in any circumstance and be able to speak the gospel? What's your platform? The Bible says, he came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him, all might believe. Can I say, through your life, people are going to meet Jesus this season. That they would believe in Jesus Christ. Let's not speak in this season of ourselves. Let's not speak in this season of, you know, an amazing revelation we've had. Let's not use our Bible and carry it over to our neighbor's house and, <laughs> and go, hey, I just want to read a verse with you. Why don't you testify about the living Jesus Christ? Because it's only at his name every tongue will confess. I reckon we can have the greatest year beginning to 2023 can be our greatest beginning than what we've had in the life of this 21-year-old church. I reckon this could be the greatest yet where people are just testifying of the love of Jesus. Let's not sing these songs that we sang this morning for ourselves any longer. I don't know about you, I've been, I've been a Christian for 42, uh, 41 years. I'm over singing these songs for myself. I want my friends. I want the people I'm testifying to. I want that, this to be their song. Man, that will bring me to tears on a Sunday. You know, Isn't that good? So you have been given a gift. And when you speak, you'll see the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You know, we've got these cards. You can grab um, some next week. But also today, what we want to do today is, if you want to take my word seriously, I, I pray and hope that I've encouraged. I pray and hope that I've built people up to sort of go, you know what? I have God alive in me. I've got a testimony. I'm going to share this thing. You know, and um, if you want to partner with Jesus and the call of God from the word and John the Baptist here today, would you just boldly lift your hand and we're going to give you these invite cards that you can give to your friends, your work colleagues, your neighbours, whoever it is. But if you want to be a testifier of the gospel of Jesus this Christmas, could you just boldly lift your hand? We've got hosts coming around right now and they'll just pass you one or two of these. I just, I'm calling you out right now. If you even have a niggle like I would like to do this and you're starting to think right now, I just don't know if I can, I, it's embarrassing. Uh, you know what? 
There's another one just over here. Awesome. We've got a few right down the back near the sound desk. Over here, the whole Wanahu family wants one. All the youth boys down here want one. Youth leader down here would like one. It's awesome. I've got mine. And as you come over the next couple of weeks, you can grab more of these because I hope you got more than one friend. And um, you can grab more of these, you know, and we're just going to hand them out over the next couple of weeks. There's a QR code. It will take you to our City Point website. So you don't have to remember all the services off by heart. You can just say, scan that at home. The thrill of hope. So good. So many people. It's awesome. Good church. He's had a good morning. I just want to testify just for 30 seconds. I've grown up in the church, so I've pretty much just been a Christian my whole life. So the conversion process for me wasn't as powerful as it was for you. I've just grown up knowing, loving Jesus and being loved by Jesus. I never have felt the need to get water baptized since I was baptized as probably a one or two year old. I don't even know how old I was. I've got one photo to prove it, right? I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. I can speak in tongues and I've been able to ever since I can remember. You know, when I was 12 years old, I was running a, a youth church about half this size. I was running the music team for it at a very, very young age. So I've just grown up in this. I've just grown up with God and Jesus. So I don't quite have your experience of the transformational moment of forgiveness like many here have today. But my testimony is, is without God, I wouldn't be a pastor. Without forgiveness and His love, I wouldn't be able to stand up. I mean, I'm not perfect. I can only stand up here today because of the grace and the mercy of God. You know, there's been many times in my life that I've been in the car driving down Morrowfield Road, but in my head against the steering wheel, just going, God, I am a mess. I'm broken. I have an area in my life broken. God, I'm not happy with the way I've behaved. God, I've treated my wife today not ways I should have. I've spoken to her not like the wife that you've asked me to care for for my life here on earth. God, I, I don't know how to raise these kids. I've got no idea. I need you. I've had these moments. I've had broken moments. I've had moments knocking where the, the uh, depression and anxiety has been knocking on the door of my life. I've had these broken down moments. I've had these angry moments. Um, I just encountered yesterday, believe it or not, just a thought came to me in the morning and I just felt like being angry. Me, angry, like Pastor Greg. And, um, and I just fought it all day and I literally didn't even know where the thought came from. Like pit of hell, but you know what I mean? Like, it just came to me. And so just all day I was just holding it under control. And now I never have that, but it just did yesterday. It's just the devil just poking at me, just trying to find a way in. 
but without God, I can't live this life. I can't be victorious. I have no purpose. Years and years before working at the church, my prayer was, for like my 15 years of working history, was God, would you get me out of this dump of work and get me into ministry? Like, it's just where my heart is. It's what I believe for and cry for. Just every day, just praying to God, would you change my life? And maybe you need your life changed here today. Maybe there's hopelessness in your world. Maybe anxiety or depression's knocking on the door of your life. Let me tell you, there's an answer that I know, but you need to know, and it's Jesus Christ. And so my testimony to everyone here today and to those who might not know Jesus, my testimony is this. When you give your heart to Jesus in just a second, I'm gonna give you that opportunity. He will come into your world and do what he's done for me. Every day, he forgives me of my sins. Every day, he forgives me of my imperfection. Every day, he makes me stronger to live my next day. Every day, he helps me be a greater husband. He cleans out my brain. Man, before I go to bed, do I need my brain cleaned? I'm getting in the habit of making sure I read a Bible verse before I go to bed. I just need, you know, when I preach on Sundays, I'll read my message before I go to sleep. So that's what I'm stewing on. And I can wake up in the morning with a pure mind. You know, but the enemy just keeps attacking. And maybe he's attacking your life. Whatever it is, might be healing. You might struggle with, if God is real, why is there so much pain and suffering in this world? I've answered that for you today. Okay, it's because we are rejecting him. So we are destined to condemnation. But if we don't want pain and suffering and, and all that, and we want to start to get on top in this world, well, you choose Him and He will give you life. He has that ability. And so right now I'm going to ask if we could all close our eyes in this place. And on the testimony of Jesus Christ, if you would like your life to be transformed, as mine is and so many other people in this place and all around the world, Enough's enough. It's time for you to move forward in life, to be victorious, and to have someone that's always got your back, that will love you no matter what. When you fall down, he'll pick you up and go, I'm with you. I'm with you. I believe in you. If you're ready to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, could you just real boldly lift your hand in this place?